Together, we're going to find our way. An unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing today? Well, I got a special treat for you because we are going to be, I'm going to be covering Season 3, Episode 3, and Episode 4, Growing Pains. Not the television show Growing Pains, but the episode title. And it's, we're, I'm covering Parts 1 and 2. Part 1 aired on September 30th, 1984, and Part 1 aired on September 30th, 1984, and Part 2 aired on October 7th, 1984. So, the first episode, Season 3, Episode 3, Growing Pains Part 1, has a 7.8 out of 10 rating, directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duflin, the creator, Ron Levin, Michael G. Moy, Neil Leibowitz, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. Let's see. Oh, here we go. We have some trivia. Gary Riley and Shawnee Smith both went on to be in the 87 movie Summer School. Who's Gary Riley? <laughs> Uh, Peter Shrum. Oh, Gary Riley was in the, uh, Stand By Me, Stand By Me movie. He was one of, um, Ace Merrill. Ace Merrill was played by Kiefer Sutherland. He was one of, uh, his entourage or cronies or whatever you want to call him. And Shawnee Smith looks like she's been in the Blob movie and also some of the Saw films. So she's definitely into horror. So it looks like Randy's making a reappearance. He, you first met him in Survival of the Fittest. He and Rick went to school together in junior high. And now, of course, Randy is a sophomore. He's the one who helped put Ricky into the locker. He's going to be in Growing Pains Part 1 and Part 2. And that is the last we will ever see of Randy. Gary Riley, the last movie he was in was... 1996's Fear, starring Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg. It's a good movie. So, Nate, who you met in the Best Friends episode, he was there in the booth with um, Casey Markle, who played Eddie in Growing Pains. And he's also in season three, uh, episode 20, so he's in Hot Shot, and that is the last of, that we see of Gary Riley. So in part two, Rick runs away from home thinking Edward no longer trusts him. That is a bit overdramatic. Because your dad, you broke your dad's trust, you broke curfew, so you're going to run away? Really? Come on. Looks like we get a bum, played by Cameron Filpy. Tom Hatton as a TV announcer, and Rob Berger as Mo Hegany. 
Alright, let's waste no time getting into this episode. Of course, I'd like to let my listeners know where you can go and follow along with the podcast. You can go to Facebook, and together we're going to find our way on Unofficial Silver Spoons Podcast. You can also go to Instagram at Silver Spoons Podcast, and on Twitter at Punky Power PB Podcast slash Silver Spoons Podcast. If you'd like to reach out and email the podcast, you can do so at SilverSpoonsPodcast at gmail.com. Alright, so we come out of the intro. We're in the living room. So the boys here, we got Randy, we got Nate. We also have Alfonso. Where was he on the first day of school? Because he's wearing a jacket just like the other guys, but I thought he was like a year or two younger than Ricky. Maybe he did a lot of homeschooling when he was traveling with his mom and that bumped him up to a couple grades. So, yeah, the guys are playing soccer, and Rick comes in with some sodas for everyone. Randy's saying, hey, look, we could have won that soccer game. And Ricky, of course, was like, yeah, if the other team had showed up an hour later, we would have won by default. Apparently, Alfonso is also on the soccer team? Cool. Well, I mean, he's got dance moves, so he can definitely apply those to soccer. That's not a uniform, Alfonso. That's a jacket. Because he's, like, lifting the edges of his jacket like, we look great in our uniforms. Like, that's not a, that's not a uniform. It's like a full letterman's jacket. It doesn't even have the name of their school on it. Or a logo or anything. So there's going to be a victory dinner clam bake thing at Jonas Beach. And Ricky's like, well, since we didn't win, it's just going to be a clam bake beach party. What is with Nate using the word gnarly? I mean, I mean, I suppose it was a hip word you could use in the 80s, but I thought it was also really used in, like, the 70s. I'm going to look that up. So Randy is asking, like, hey, are you guys bringing dates? Because I got a date. Am I the only one that was able to secure somebody? And, of course, Ricky's like, hey, Nate, are you bringing Sandy? He's like, yep, she's gnarly. I'm like, ugh, two gnarlies in less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Find some better lingo, buddy. So, Ricky's saying he hasn't found anybody because girls only date want to date upperclassmen, no freshmen. They don't want to date at their own grade level. They want to date sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And I noticed that Nate and Randy both have letters. They have Fs sewn onto their jackets. So, I'm guessing that's what they get because they're sophomores and they were freshmen soccer players, so... Because I was looking at Alfonso and Ricky's jackets, and they don't have anything because they haven't earned a letter yet. So, no one's asked Rick to go to this clam bake thing, and Randy suggests Tanya Oglethorpe. And he's like, yeah, you really think that she'd go out with me? And Randy's like, yeah, she actually asked about you. And Rick's like, well, how did she ask? Did she, like, like, oh, Ricky Stratton? Or, like, hmm, Ricky Stratton and... Randy's like, definitely the second one. So, of course, Edward comes out of the library with Kate. And he's like, hey, Kate, look, it's the guys. And the the kids immediately, they clam up. It's like, yeah, they're teenagers. They don't want to talk to the old foggy father. So he kind of is like, hey, guys, how's it going? And, of course, Rick's like, fine. Alfonso's like, fine. Randy's like, fine. Nate's like, Gnarly. We get a third gnarly. Give him more than just gnarly to say. Is that this guy's catchphrase? 
He's out of the show after the next episode, so it doesn't really matter to me. They really want... They want Rick's dad to leave. Why am I blanking on Edward? Oh my goodness. Three seasons in and I'm blanking on Edward's name? What's wrong with me? So I'm going to play this clip as Edward is just flat out embarrassing Ricky in front of his friends. I mean, Ricky's at that point, he's a teenager now. He's in high school. The last thing he wants is his dad to just try to hang out with the guys. I mean, sure this worked in season two, Attack of the Frog People. But, um, because Ricky was 12. But it's not going to fly now. Ricky is like, what, 14 now? Mmm, it's not going to fly. Like, go away, Dad, please. My friends don't want to talk to you. They might check Kate out, but uh, they don't want to talk to the dad. Hey, I thought I heard you guys out here. Hi, guys. Hey, Kate, it's the guys. It's the guys. You don't have a right to say that. So, uh, how's it going? Fine. tonight so yeah Randy gets up like you know we were actually just leaving 
So, yeah, the guys are getting out of there, and of course, Edward has to single out Nate and say, Hey, Nate, don't you think uh, old Mohogany is gnarly? And Nate just kind of looks at him with a raised eyebrow and is like, uh, not, not really. Bye, Rick. Like, we'll see you at the beach party. Don't bring your dad, which he wouldn't bring his dad. And I'm surprised Ricky, I bet he's going to be like, geez, Dad, why'd you have to go and embarrass me in front of my friends? Even Alfonso left, and he just loves it here. But you scared them all away with your stupid ventriloquist dummy. Guess the guy's kind of down about losing, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Look, Dad, I got a lot of stuff to do. Bye. Kate, you notice that Rick's been acting kind of strange lately? Yeah, he's a teenager. Distant, cool. Normal. Normal? Well, of course. Rick is at that age where you don't always want your parents around. It's embarrassing. What's embarrassing? You. (laughs) You're embarrassing, you stupid puppet. Edward, I will never forget when I was 14. I was with my friends, and my mother came in and asked me to clean up my room, and I, I just lost it. I said, oh, shoot. Seriously, Kate? That's pretty... I'm shocked. Well, so was my mom. But, you know, it helped me to find myself. <laughs> Whatever. No, Kate, Rick and I are different. No, you're not. we always had open lines of communication. So, since Ricky's friends are out the door, Ricky's like, hey, look, Dad, I got stuff to do. I don't have time to listen to you work with your ventriloquist dummy, but get rid of that thing. Where's Phil? This is the third episode. Where's Phil? Where did he go? Phil? Phil, where are you, Phil? Maybe they dropped him. Two seasons of dressing him in clothes, and they're like, we don't want to dress this dummy anymore. Let's just boot him out the door. So he's asking Kate, what's up with Ricky? You know, he's aloof and sullen and doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And Kate's like, well, he's at that age. He's a teenager. And Edward's like, yeah, but, you know, our relationship isn't like that of other parents and teenagers. We're normally close. We have an open line of dialogue and communication. And Kate brings up the fact that when she was 14 and her mother, she had friends over in her room. Mom comes up, knocks on the door, says, Kate, do you want to clean your room? And Kate's like, oh, shoot. And Edward's like, really? That was your comeback? Oh my goodness gracious sake. Oh, <laughs> uh, you really showed her, didn't you, Kate? It's, but it's like, yeah, her mother embarrassed her. Well, she's just like, really? You don't get, if your kids are entertaining guests in their room, you don't go up there and say, wow, sweetie, you really should clean your room. That is embarrassing. Oh man. So. Yeah, Edward's like, I'm going to talk to Ricky, and we're just... And he brings a stubborn puppet! Get rid of that thing! Get rid of that dummy! I don't want to see it anymore. We'll probably... Please say we never see it past this episode. Because <laughs> he's going up the stairs after Rick with the dummy on his hand still. Well, someone locked their door. Oh, this is interesting! We're getting a shot... First time we've ever gotten a shot outside of Rick's door, which he's 14, he wants privacy. He probably thinks, gee, 
I went upstairs, so Dad's gonna be here in like five minutes. Ugh. Can't I just get away from you for a bit? Which, ever you gotta cut the apron strings. I know you love your boy and everything, you have a great relationship. But that was when he was 13 and 12 and 13. He's 14 now. He doesn't want you interfering and embarrassing him like you just did with his friends. I still have this stupid dummy on your hand. Hey, Rick. Rick, why is the door locked? Ooh, -hoo, look at that body. A guy needs a oh. Who does? Listen, I got an idea. Why don't you and I go down to Ye Old Pizzeria tonight, huh? Yeah, he's got plans. Sing along back. Banjo Brigade will be there. Hey, we can complete our collection of famous little people mugs. All we need is Mickey Rooney and Sneezy. Sorry, Dad, I can't. Remember? I'm going to go hang out with the guys. Ah, guys. Any girls? Oh, don't. Dad, what's with all the questions? What's with your you shirt? You never so many questions. I never used to have to, son. You told me what you were doing. <laughs> what time are you going to be home? The usual. Yeah, well, just remember, tomorrow's a school day, huh? You'll be home at 9, not 9.30 like last week. Okay, Dad, gotcha. 9 o'clock. Catch you later. Hey. I think you could use another hole right there. Dad, I can't cut this shirt. It's brand new. Oh, it's meant to be ripped. Okay. So, Edward mentions about the door being locked, and it's like, well, yeah, because your son's shirtless walking around in his bedroom, and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. oh, I wish I were a 14-year-old girl, especially back in 1984. I was only two. <sighs> He's got many baby abs. Okay, I will stop her talking about shirtless Ricky now. Ricky's kind of combing his hair, getting his hair the way he likes. And of course, Edward's just like, hey, I got an idea. Let's go down to the pizza place. And we can collect those little mugs or cups of little tiny people. Or little people. And he just is, is just throwing this out here not thinking, well, my son has plans. Granted, I guess tomorrow's a school day. And he does say, remember your curfew. What time I want you to be home is 9 o'clock, not 9.30 like last week. So looks like Ricky's already kind of broke his little curfew rule. And Edward probably just let it slide because maybe it's the first time that he's done that. Granted, thanks to Kate, we know that Ricky once snuck out of the house at midnight. So there's that too. Ricky throws a shirt on and it's a blue shirt and it's purposely got, you know, rips and holes in it because apparently that was a style back in the day. Why is he even using a brush? I mean, his, he doesn't even have a whole lot of hair. But then again, to each their own. I mean, not all guys are just going to use a comb. They're probably going to want to use it. they got to get it styled the right way. So Rick wants to hang with the guys, which, of course, you want to hang out with your friends. I'd be like, Dad, I spent the last two years with you. I think I need a break and, like, hang out with people outside of my house. Like, I'm in high school. I'm single and I want to mingle. I want to meet some people. Making connections, right? And Edward's like, oh, any girls? It's like, don't ask him that. 
he doesn't want to talk about that stuff with you. And or Ricky kind of turns on his dad a little bit. Like, Dad, what's with all the questions? You never used to ask a bunch of questions before. It's like you're giving me the third degree and you want to know every single detail of what I'm going to be doing when I walk out of this house. It's frightening. I'm scared. And Edward's like, well, he gets a little defensive. He's like, I never used to have to. I used to know what you were doing because you told me everything. What is this place they're at? I thought they were going to a beach clam bake somewhere. They're not? Is this a club? Maybe a clam bake is a club. I bet it's a club. I just envisioned beach party, but then again, it's like fall in New York, and I can't see them going to hang out and have a bonfire on the beach in like October, November. Pay phones. That guy's dressed like Boy George. Kind of. He's got the like the the ribbons in his hair, and, and it's really cool looking. And he's got the uh, John Lennon type sunglasses, and you know he's wearing the Boy George hat. This guy. It's uh, is that is that the time? It's ten fifty. Oh, your dad is gonna skin you, boy. Oh, and of course Ricky's not paying attention to the time because <laughs> he's got a girl that he's crushing on, and he's getting to know her. She's like, oh, your shirt. See, I can poke my finger through that hole and feel your skin. Oh, you got such a defined chest. Ricky apparently, I don't know whether he said that's <laughs> that kind of laugh. I don't know if he's had it since season one or it's just something that's now like a nervous tick because he's a teenager and he's got hormones racing through his blood. Those cups have no lids. Heaven forbid, if he bumps his, if he moves his hand the wrong way, that pop is, like, gonna go all over the table. And knock her pop all over the table. Because there's no lids. There's just straws. I'm sorry, but I gotta have a lid. Or at least, just, you know, definitely a straw. That way I don't have to, like, pick up the glass and, like, drink out of it. I can just sit through a straw. If that's being lazy, then fine. Then I admit I'm lazy. I don't want to pick up a cup. I just want to sip out of it through a straw. Yeah, the clam bake is a place because she's like, oh, I'm really, I was really hoping you'd ask me to the clam bake, which is a, it's not, a, it doesn't look like a club. It's like a hangout, like that pizza parlor, or that hamburger place. And she's like, oh, it's like a miracle. Easy, girl. Ooh, Rick's flirting hard. Like, ooh, stick with me, Tanya, and I'll make all your dreams come true. Like, oh, really? You're 14. Slow down, buddy. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. He has no idea what time it is, and his dad does not even know where he's going. I bet his dad, and I don't think his dad's going to, like, like, where's my son? He's supposed to be here at 9. It's 10, 15. He's an hour and 15 minutes late. Oh, man. Would not be you when I get home. Yeah, you might want to move. That's probably why he ends up moving out. Great Maybe I'll just be honest with her. I'll say, Tawny, I was supposed to be home at 9 o'clock, so I have to leave now. She'll say, Rick, you're a real wuss. 
this really, really crappy, grainy-sounding inner monologue of Rick, where did they record that audio? Because it's utter garbage. And you hear the popping and the cracking. Because <laughs> he knows that it's 10.15. He knows he should be home. And yet he doesn't want to leave. Because he, he doesn't want this girl to think he's a wimp. And her name is Tawny? Of course, a song comes on and Tawny wants him to dance. Rick dances? Oh, well, we've seen him kind of, you know, cut a rug, you know, when he said the parties at his house, so. Oh, come on, let's dance. I love to dance. Hey, you got it. I love this song. It's called This Night Will Never End. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> hey, Tony, don't you have a curfew? <laughs> Oh, 11. Oh, you gotta be kidding. He showed. Oh, ho, ho! He's gonna fucking kill you. What are you doing here? You had a 9 p.m. curfew. It's way after 10. I was gonna call you, but look. Boy Alvin's been on the phone all night. Boy Alvin. Say goodnight to your friend. Let's go. I have to go now. There's a slight family problem. Yeah. And you're it. Yep. I was only not even really seriously concerned. Like, I made that thing about, oh, I bet, what if he does show up? And no, that's not going to happen. It happened. He's dancing with Tawny. She kisses him. And she, her curfew is 11 on a school night. Her parents... I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's dancing with Tawny. You hear Edward shout, Rick! And, of course, Edward, or Ricky's like, oh my god, my dad's here? And, of course, yeah. Of course, Edward's got to pull, you know, his arm on his watch to indicate, your curfew's at nine. What are you doing here still? You need to get say goodbye to your little friends because you're not going to see them for quite a while. Because I'm not letting you out of the house except to go to school. And, of course, Ricky says goodbye, you know, uh, Tawny's like, doesn't he? Like, bye, Rick. And, of course, Randy's got to kind of tease Ricky because Ricky's like, oh, well, sorry, guys, there's a family emergency. I kind of got to go home. Like, and Randy's like, yeah, and you're the emergency. <laughs> oh, oh, this is going to get, yeah, I bet. I wonder if Ricky's going to bring up Tawny's curfew. Like, Tawny gets to stay out till 11. Oh, I can see that they're going to be like, there. there's going to be a fight. It's, it's brewing. 
And he didn't want to have it on the ride home because he's driving. you got to focus on your drive, especially at night. It's dark out. So, yeah. You know those people who walk down the street pushing shopping carts, <laughs> snooping through garbage and talking to themselves? Well, now I know what they're saying. They're saying, why does my father have to walk into that hamburger place? I thought it was a clam bait. And humiliate me in front of all my friends. <laughs> Rick, I wasn't thinking of your friends. I was thinking of you. I was concerned about you. Couldn't you have phoned in your concern? Did you have to bring it in person? Rick, it's your responsibility to be home on time. I'm surprised you didn't call the police. Yep, now we've got this police. He called the police? Are you shitting me? Well, we've been patrolling the streets, Mr. Stratton. Oh, there he is. Oh, I see you found the little guy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Al. Well, I guess I'll get back to the donut shop. Yeah, Ricky tells us that, like, why didn't you just call? Why do you have to come down and air out our situation with the curfew and everything because you embarrassed me. And I was like, I don't give a crap about your friends. I really don't care. I was worried about you. And Ricky's like, yeah, what'd you do? Call the police too? And of course, there's a knock on their door. And I, well, the door opens and a police officer shows up. I'm like, he called the police. Are you kidding me? Really? Oh, my goodness. And, of course, stereotypes of police officers is the guy says, Oh, you found the little tyke. Great. I'm going back to the donut shop. Why are we, why are we fat shaming, donut shaming cops? That's not right. It's like, it's such a cliche with cops and, like, wanting to eat coffee, drink coffee and eat donuts all the time. Look, you were an hour and a half late, son. Come on, we agreed you'd be home at 9 o'clock. Why do I have to keep Captain Kangaroo hours? None of my other friends have to be home that early. I'm not responsible for your other friends. I'm responsible for you. Now, since you were late two times, you're going to be home at 6 p.m. every night next week. But, Dad, I can't. What about the big clam bake at Jones Beach Saturday night? Well, well there I is a beach. baking early. <laughs> Dad, I'm not only thinking about myself. <laughs> I'm thinking about Tawny Oglethorpe. You'll be ruining her miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll get over it. Well, maybe you should have thought all this before you broke your curfew, huh? You know, Dad, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> nice try. That does not work. There's Phil. Okay, so the clam bake beach party is happening. It's on a weekend. Okay, I thought the place they went, like, that doesn't look like a clam bake shindig to me. So, of course, Edward lays down the law. It's like, you were late last time, you were late this time. All next week, you're going to be coming home at 6. And, of course, Ricky's like, I can't because of the clam bake beach party next Saturday. And Edward's like, well, let's hope that they're baking early because I want you here at 6. And, of course, Ricky throws it in his face about the fact that none of the other kids have a curfew of 9 p.m. And he's like, why are you keeping Captain Kangaroo hours? And Edward's like, you know what? I don't care what other parents do with their kids. That's not my business. You are my business. 
You disobeyed me. You're coming in at six. You you break curfew again. It, it's going to be even longer next. It's going to be like as soon as you get home from school, you're grounded and you're hanging out in your room. And Ed, Ricky is, looks at his dad and is like, I'm very disappointed in you. I thought that Edward was really going to let him have it, like yell at him for that. But of course, now he's got his dad feeling guilty. It's like, oh my, don't feel guilty. You're doing the right thing. He's breaking rules. He's using lame excuses about his friends having later curfews than he does. You're 14. No kid needs to be out on a weekend at 11 o'clock or a weekday at 11. Or, I mean, honestly, 14. The parent would have to pick them up anyway, wouldn't they? I say for a 14-year-old, 9 is perfect. Or 8.30 on a weekday. Or maybe 9.30 on a weekend, but not till 11. That is too late. 11 o'clock is what you give a 16-year-old who just got a driver's license. Which I, I thought back in the day, when I first got my driver's license, there were restrictions about how late I could be out. I couldn't be just driving around till 12.30 in the morning. Like, I had to be home probably at like 9.30. All right, we got Alfonso. He's doing his dance moves. This is back at the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the hamburger place? Oh, so that's where they were? Okay. Why is there a duffel bag on, oh, that's probably a kid's bag. I just thought, like, the fact that it was placed there, like, maybe it's going to be, like, referenced in the scene for something. What is that thing over there? Is that, like, a cooler for ice cream? Or is that a weird jukebox? So a couple girls are laughing at Rick. I take it they were there the other night when his dad came in and, like, uh, yelled at him for his curfew. So Ricky goes over to Randy and Nate and he's like, hey, guys, about last night with my dad, you guys are my friends, so you're not going to, like, make fun of me and everything, right? I'm like, oh, no, Rick, Rick, come on, you know you us better than that. And then, of course, Randy pulls up this, oh, you need a booster chair? Like, what? And, of course, Nate's like, oh, Rick, it's past four o'clock. Isn't it time for your nap? Well, pretty much Randy and Nate kind of ditch Ricky. Like, we got to consider our reps because, wait a minute, that guy's not Alfonso, is he? I can't tell. I thought, are you sure? That's got to be Alfonso. And that's Rip Sharon. He was dancing a moment ago. That's why the camera was on him. The camera wouldn't be on a character that we've never seen before. Oh, it is Alfonso. I was right. <laughs> Aren't you worried about your reputation, Alfonso? <laughs> if I was, do you think I'd be sitting here? Thanks. Oh, jeez. Seriously? Matter. I won't be at the clam bake, Alfonso. I've been grounded. Rick, you gotta be there. You can't miss the crowning of a clam queen. It could be Tawny. That'll make me clam king. <laughs> but no, I'll be sitting in my room watching the Burl Ives Film Festival. <laughs> Rick, buddy, you're giving in too soon. There's a way out of this. How? 
I've seen guys in worse jams. When I lived in Thailand, I had a friend named Fib Hong. One day, he borrowed the family water buffalo without permission. He got grounded for a whole monsoon season. But instead of moping around his hut, Fib Hong presented his father with an albino goldfish and a necklace of tiger teeth. I mean, he kind of paid tribute to his dad to show respect. And once his father realized he was sincere, he forgave him. Yeah, it's called kissing up. So Alfonso tells Ricky, like, look, I wouldn't be sitting here with you if I was worried about my reputation. But then Alfonso puts on some dark sunglasses. Like, no one will notice me. And Alfonso mentions the clam bake, which Ricky says, I'm not going to be able to go to. And Alfonso says, hey, look, what if Tawny is made the clam queen? And <laughs> Ricky's like, I can't, I can't go. So Alfonso tells the story about someone he knew in Thailand who got in trouble and he was grounded for a whole monsoon season, which I'm not sure how long that lasts, but he gave his father a necklace of tiger teeth and a albino goldfish and Ricky's like, okay, I get it. So basically your friend went and paid like homage to his dad yeah, Alfonso's like, yeah, it's called kissing up. And Ricky thinks maybe if he does that, that his dad will let him go to this clam bake beach party. Now we cut to the house. Edward is, like, really stressed out because he's got his hand on the back of his head. He's just really, like, pulling and yanking out little hairs. And it's like, you gotta stop or you're gonna go bald. bald. Kate's at the desk right there and I'm sure she'll give wonderful advice to him on what to do. Just stick to your guns. He deserved to be punished. Just don't, just hold out. He'll love you again one day. What do you think, Kate? Maybe I shouldn't have gone to the hangout to get Rick last night, huh? Well, now that you mentioned Well, what else could I do? He was an hour and a half late. I was sick with worry. Okay. Think grounding for a week is too rough? Well, to be perfectly oh, honest... come on, Kate. I should have grounded him for two weeks. <laughs> okay, fine. For some reason, he seems to be testing me. <laughs> I don't get it. It's not like him. Well, you're not really acting like your old self either, you know. Hey, I'm not acting like my old me because he's not acting like his old him. My old me can never control his new him. If he starts acting like his old him again, I'll start acting like my old me again. <laughs> Dad, do you have a minute? Yeah, sure, son. Well, I've come to pay tribute and respect. Oh? First, the evening paper. Edward Stratton III, world's greatest father. <laughs> Praise for his forgiving qualities. Aww. That's, that's very cute. Yeah. And to give you something to do while you read your paper, you can eat a sandwich made from your favorite meat. Imported Italian bologna? <laughs> yeah, and it's fresh, too. Last week, this was a pig in Naples. <laughs> Isn't that thoughtful? Yeah, very nice. But I hope you're not doing this to get out of being grounded. No, Dad. I'm doing this because I love you. 
I'm not changing my mind. No. Do you know how much this baloney costs? <laughs> shouldn't have went down there and embarrassed Ricky in front of his friends, but I was worried about him. And Ricky comes in there with some novelty newspaper that he created that said world's best dead and forgiving parent or forgiving nature. And he gives him like imported bologna from France. And, of course, Edward sees through this. He's like, let me guess. You are trying to get me to lighten my punishment. Kate comes up with an idea where, like, hey, let Ricky go to the clam bake. And you can add on a couple extra days to make up for it. And uh, and Ricky's like, yeah, Dad, I mean, that way you'll be happy and I'll be happy. And Edward is like, I'm not doing that. I mean, this just sounds like you just got me this stuff just... So I would, like, end your, you know, and he's, like, he's got to keep it his, his authority. It's, like, if he does this and just lets Ricky have his way, what's to say that he's not going to, like, step all over his dad down the road the next time he screws up? And he's going to expect to get a lightened punishment, you know, in, for, in exchange for giving his dad gifts. Like, that's not how that works. And Ricky's like, I'm doing this because I love you. That's why I'm giving you that imported bologna. And Edward's like, yeah, I'm not changing my mind. And then that's where Kate brings in the whole, like, why don't you tack on a couple extra days by letting let him go to the clam bake? It's like, well, then what lesson is he really learning? Ricky's like, I'll get to be happy because I can go to the clam bake. And you'll get to be happy because you're still punishing me. Well, how is it punishing me or punishing you if you're getting rewarded in the end? Yeah, he says, if I lighten the punishment, then I lose my authority. And he says, as long as you live in my house, you will follow my rules. Ricky's kind of throwing a temper tantrum like, well, that's not fair. You're treating me like I'm a kid and I'm not. I'm not a kid. And of course, Ed Edward's like, well, gee, I wish I would gotten that on, uh, on tape so I could play it back for you. And you could see just how embarrassing and what a big baby you're acting like. I gotta say, I do not like how they cut Ricky um, Schroeder's hair this season. It looks like they did a partial bowl cut, and then they did, like, a down the back of it, like, kind of like a V-shape, and it just looks really crappy. 
But then again, that baby mullet he grows later on, like season four, is not that great either. And, sure, I'm a nice guy as long And now Ricky's like, gee, Dad, I used to think you were a nice guy. And Edward's like, yeah, I'm a nice guy when I give you your way. Like, why are you like, ugh. He's just, I get it that he's frustrated, he's a teenager, and uh, he just thinks that he can break the rules or just arrange them to his liking. It's like, no, your dad at some point is going to end up being the bad guy in your eyes. You'll have to live with it. And, of course, this is, Ricky's like, all I want is for you to trust me. And it's like, yeah, well, trust has to be earned. You broke curfew twice. How is he going to trust you? Okay, Ricky, Ricky, what? <sighs> I'm surprised that Edward doesn't backhand him. Ricky's like, you don't trust me, you don't respect me, and you don't care about me. Are you kidding? Look around, Richard. Look what you have. You have a father that loves you. You have a room to yourself. You have everything a boy could want and fantasize about. And you're hemming and hawing over the fact that you don't get to go to some stupid beach party clam bake? There will be other beach parties. There will be other clam bakes. You gotta serve your time, learn your lesson, and then you can have fun. But if you're gonna just throw this in your dad's face and say, you don't care about me, I'm like, I'm done listening to this. You can go to your room and you can stay there until I tell you to come down. You wanna act like a little five-year-old? Then I'll treat you like a five-year-old. So I'm guessing that Ricky is just going to get to the point where he's like, I don't want to live here anymore. It's like, do you want to go back to that boarding school that your dad got you out of? Do you want to go live with your mom? Oh, Edward is pissed. Oh, he is so angry. Which I would be too if I were him. Of course... He says, I wouldn't be going through all this if I didn't care about you. And, of course, Alfonso comes in as a singing telegram. It's like, this is not the time for that. And Kate is like, Alfonso, I don't, this is not the right time. And he doesn't even see, like, the tension in that room is so thick that Ricky just goes to his room and Edward is like, I'm, bye. He's got to go go cool off, go in your library, look at a book, just cool down. I see they still have Phil, and he's dressed like a referee, so they're keeping Phil. I bet they're going to keep Phil all five seasons. What do you think? I bet they will. I love like he's dressed like a little singing telegram boy. It's so cute. Of course, Edward went somewhere that is definitely require formal attire. Oh, yeah, this is where it part one ends as he goes to his office or his library and listens to a message saying that his son is, his son's gone. Like he left. Like, bye. That's why you left? Oh, he's in a dingy flop house? Ew! Oh, yeah, he left that message for his dad to hear. Now we go to this really creepy, gross place that's got a chalk outline of a dead body. 
Furniture is really nasty. Where is this place? You left your nice clean house to go to a f dirty flop house that's probably infested with who knows what. Roaches. Just nasty. Ugh. And who's renting to a 14-year-old boy? What? Like, oh, you got cash? I'll rent to anybody. I don't care who you are. So Ricky comes in. He's not really impressed. What? Who would he? How would he be? This guy who's the landlord. I don't know. Is this an apartment or a, or a, mo, a rundown sleazy hotel or motel? Because the guy's like, oh, every four years in November, we back you. Uh, get, get out of that place. It's gross. Oh, and there's an L train passing by. So the room is going to shake. Great. And the guy's like, oh, you'll need some fresh towels. This guy's got a sweatband around his greasy, oily, shiny face. Uh, it, it, this guy's just ugh, gross. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, you'll need some fresh towels. As he pulls down this, by this nasty, dirty sink. It's so gross. It makes me want to vomit. The water is brown! Ricky, run away as fast as you can from that place. And he says, oh, yeah, that's perfectly fine, perfectly fine. Just don't drink it or let it touch your skin. Okay, shut that man down. Shut that place down. Where, Better Business Bureau, get in there and shut that place down. Oh, the motto is, beat, it beats a park bench, which apparently that's where Ricky was. He's in New York! Kid, you could get killed! Oh my gosh. And Ricky pulls out 15 bucks like it's all I have. The guy just takes it and says, you're lucky it's our off season. Ugh. And he, the guy says before he leaves, sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Don't even get near that bed. I wouldn't. I want to play this clip because this is just really funny. It's like, this is what you're, you're giving up living in a nice clean room with a dad that loves you. Just deal with the punishment and move on with your life. Why are you subjecting yourself to this disgusting, filthy flap house? Someone died in that room, Ricky, if you haven't already seen the chalk outline. And I noticed in Edward's library, there's a lip phone. Did you steal that from DJ Tanner? Because the lip phone, I remember that from Full House. Granted, this is still three years away from Full House, but still. Well, this is it. <laughs> Yeah, every four years in November, we vacuum. <laughs> what's, what's that? What? I said, what's that? <laughs> That's the L train passing by. The new quiet ones. Oh. You'll need some fresh towels. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> 
that's the end of part one. Now on to part two of Growing Pains part two. Now we get into part two. This big landlord dude is wearing this ripped stained t-shirt. It's really gross. Anyway, we get this guy who plays, I'm guessing a homeless guy. And he's like, hey neighbor, you want to go out and beg with me? Like, I've seen this guy. He was in so, uh, a few, a handful of episodes of Growing Pains. He pretty much did play a homeless dude. And Ricky, of course, like, uh, no thanks. And the guy's like, please. Like, oh my god, no. And the landlord just pushes him out the door. And now that Rick's kind of alone, he's looking around like, I don't even think I want to sit down. It's really gross in here. He's probably like, gosh, if I sit anywhere, I'm going to catch something. And I don't even know what. This place looks like it's got black mold all over. You are going to get so sick. The only bright thing in that room is Ricky's shirt, what is like bright neon orange. And then he's got orange and yellow stripes on his jacket. There's also a sign, a lit up sign right outside the door or the window there, which is probably... Remember the movie Big where um, Tom Hanks is... You know, he's now an adult with a 13-year-old mind. And his friend's like, oh, here's St. John's. It's religious. It'll be just fine. And the place is a crap hole. Just like this place. I'm guessing we're going to hear a gunshot supposedly soon, huh? He's sitting on that bed. Oh, God. He's laying on the bed. Don't lay on the bed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, don't put your head on the pillow, please. Use your bed. I wouldn't seriously know that if they only, like, vacuum the floor every four years, imagine how often they change the sheets. He, if he's not catching anything from sitting on a chair, he's going to catch something from that bed. And he starts sinking into the mattress. The mattress is sagging so much. I remember watching, like, season, uh, intro of, like, season four or five and seeing this where he's sinking into that bed and just wondering where he was at. I'm gonna play this clip here as he's sinking into the bed. You hear the studio audience. Someone is probably saying something like, how is he gonna get out of there? And it's just funny because you hear these people, like, asking these questions. Like, how, what? sleeping in my nice comfy bed that won't sink to the floor when I lay on the mattress. Of course that light is gonna bug you, that neon uh, light up sign. So what's he like? I want to like get these blinds, the Venetian blinds to go down. And of course he tries to do something with it because it's all like folded like upward. You gotta like adjust like the string on the side. The moment he touches it, it drops to the floor like oh man so edwards moved the lip phone out into the living room at kate's desk we got dexter and alfonso 
it's raining outside, and they've been looking for Ricky. They can't find him. So, yeah, they say they can't find him. And Edward's on the phone with Nate, and he says, look, Nate, Ricky ran away. And he pauses, and he's like, no, Nate, it's not gnarly. Do you have any idea where he'd go? And I'm thinking about something. Nate has not known Ricky, though. Alfonso hasn't either. Try Freddy. But then again, Ricky's not really hanging out with Freddy right now. But at least call a friend that he's known for long enough that maybe, well, then again, it is Freddy. So maybe he really wouldn't be any more help than Nate is really being. So Edward just says, look, if my son shows up at your house, Nate, can you please give me a call? Thank you. Call Randy, at least. At least Randy's known Ricky since junior high. Dexter says we've scoured all over Bella Vista Township, the arcade. Ricky's got an arcade in his living room. Why would he want to go to an arcade? Oh, I see Phil's holding a soccer ball, and he's got one of those referee jerseys on. So, yeah, they're looking all over. They can't find him, which Edward's freaked out. I can, I mean, yeah, Ricky just up and left, didn't leave a note, well, he left that message, didn't say where he's going, because no one's going to say where they're going when they're running away, that's why you run away, if you wanted someone to know where you were at, you probably wouldn't run away. The record store in the emergency room, which of course, now Edward's on high alert, the, the emergency room, well, you never know, you want to be safe, you check all the boxes, you cover your bases. Yeah, it's a terrible situation to think that if you were in an emergency room, but you need to check. Oh, apparently the emergency room is a teen dance club? Okay, they need to change that name. How many parents are freaking out hearing their kids at the emergency room? They are freaking out, Edward. They're like, Alfonso, we checked the morgue. And Edward's like, yeah, that's another teen dance club, right? And of course, Alfonso's like, well, no, it's where they take dead people. Why are you... You are got you got him on high alert. You don't need him to be panicked like that. That is not good. Even Dexter looks at Alfonso like, what the heck, buddy? <laughs> Can't you see Edward's freaking out as it is? Let's not make it worse. So Dexter's like, have you heard from Kate? Kate's checking the bus station, the airport, or airplane hangar, stuff like that. As in places that what about his mother? Train terminals, too. All right. You're covering your bases. You got people checking all different, you know, transportation and hangouts and stuff like that. And Edward, of course, he's staying home by the phone in case Rick calls. He definitely has the police looking. And Dexter says, don't worry, Edward. I'm sure he'll be back. And Edward's like, how can you be so sure? Dexter says, well, because I did the same thing when I was 14. Dexter got miffed at his parents and... Ran away to join the circus? Well, you can't do that nowadays. I don't really think there's any circuses left. And Alfonso is amazed. Like, really? What did you want to be? A clown or a lion tamer? Let me guess. He wanted to be an acrobat, right? Or a tightrope walker. Although I thought Dexter's afraid of heights, isn't he? And he says, neither. I wanted to do their books. Because, of course, Dexter is an accountant. So, wow, he's been wanting to be an accountant since he was 14. Well, it's nice to know that you're at that age, you know what you wanted to have for a career. Because accountants make bank. They make good, good money, I'm sure. So Edward's like, well, what happened then? And Dexter says, well, I had this talk with Cupcake. 
the clown, and he convinced me to go home. Good for Cupcake. Good for Cupcake. Right, Cupcake Quinny Winnie? Quinn's got a cupcake collar. I was going to give it to her for her birthday, which is next week, but I just I couldn't wait. It's too cute. <laughs> I got to play this clip as Edward's like, what did Cupcake say? <laughs> this is so funny. What did Cupcake say? Look <laughs> me straight in the face, said young man. <laughs> That's when I realized those people were nuts. I was much better off at home. Sure. Back to the hotel slash apartment or whatever this place is supposed to be. And Ricky's trying and failing to reattach that, uh, sorry for yawning, um, blinds that are covering two windows, those Venetian blinds. Like, you are not going to be able to get that back up there. And there's a knock on the door. I bet it's Edward or maybe Kate. It's Kate. So I'm gonna play this clip. Let's see how this goes down. Oh, Ricky, oh, your father and I have been worried sick about you. I, you. You didn't tell him I was here, did you? I keep my promises. Good. Did you uh, have a hard time finding this place? Well, not after I found a cab driver who was willing to come into the neighborhood. <laughs> when she takes her coat off you notice that she's wearing something really nice you know edward was wearing a tuck so wherever they were was probably a fancy place and she says luckily because he asks her did you have trouble finding the place you think well no when i finally flagged down a cab driver that was able to or willing to risk his life to go into this neighborhood yeah it was fine and while kate's looking out the window ricky grabs an area rug so he can cover that chalk outline of a dead body. He also asked her, like, hey, did you tell my dad where I was? And she's like, no, I always keep my promises. You told me not to say anything, and I didn't. So Ricky invites her to sit down on the chair that Ricky's like, oh, it's absolutely fine, as he pats it down in just this cloud of, like, dust, of, like, millennia-old dust, just a cloud of it just I wouldn't she ain't no I'll stand so the beggar neighbor from next door comes by like hey kid you should have come begging with me because I got a bunch of nickels and then he notices that Kate is there he's like oh hey you want to come to my place and check out my what do you see like aluminum foil or something like that and the guy starts 
And Ricky's like, can you please leave us alone, please? And the guy's like, oh, okay. Uh, Ricky's got a Snickers in his bag for, to offer Kate. Because, of course, when someone comes over, you're going to offer him something. It'd be rude not to offer them a Snickers bar or something. A can of tuna? And how are you going to open that? I hope he brought a handheld can opener. So I'm going to play this clip as Ricky's like, don't worry, Kate. This is just temporary. I've got plans. I'm going to do something with... He's... Yeah. Like, ugh. Ricky, you need to go home. This is not the life for you. Can't pick your neighbors. <laughs> took her jacket off it's like that dress is gonna be so fermented with stink and mildew and whatever is in the air in that place because it's probably been shut up for a while burn that dress kate i know it's beautiful but dry clean it whatever because that smell is gonna like seep into that cloth and you are never gonna be able to get that clean again so Ricky's plan is he's going to move to L.A., finish high school, and then he's become, going to become a work part-time making rock videos? As what, a singer? Are you going to play the bassoon? 
And he wrote a letter to Adam Ant. I'm sure that's something that has to do with rock videos. Someone who produces rock videos. Oh, he called her and told her where he was. Because he wants to say goodbye. He's like, yeah, I called to say goodbye. Oh, and to borrow some money. I'm like, uh, boy. You knew there was a catch in there somewhere. <laughs> and Kate is like, well, that's very sweet and crafty that you're asking me for money. And she says, as she straightens Rick's collar, don't you think you're overacting, overreacting to your dad a little, you're being a little over-emotional, basically he's being like a drama queen. And Ricky's like, over-emotional, over-emotional. It's like, yeah, like you're acting right now, that there. And Ricky's like, does the whole world not understand as he thrusts out his arms? He's like, my dad doesn't understand me. I'm grown up. I'm a man. And I'm like, you are not a man. You're a little 14-year-old boy. Even the audience is laughing at that. Like, <laughs> isn't that funny? He called himself a man, a 14-year-old man. And he's like, he still wants to treat me like a little boy. And that hurts. Ricky, look around where you're at. Look what you had, like, a day ago. A nice bedroom, food. I mean, he brought a can of tuna, probably no can opener, a Snickers and a little baggie of Fritos. And you pull out the tuna? And he thumbs to himself. Us men, we have deep feelings. Like, oh my goodness. And Kate's trying to, you know, side with him in a way, trying to understand or get him to think that she is understanding where he's coming from. And she's like, yeah, I bet you do have deep feelings. You must be going through heck right now. And she's like, yeah, I mean, to leave your father and your friends and Tanya Oglethorpe? Or Tawny? I'm sorry, Tawny. And Ricky turns away. He's like, oh, there'll be other clam bakes in other towns. She, and Kate's like, well, it sounds like you've made up your mind. Would you like me to tell your dad anything from you? So he's like, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, you can tell him this, that we've had a few laughs. And it just didn't work out. Like, come on. You are being irrational to the thousandth degree. And he also adds that when his father's ready to talk reasonably, they can sit down and have a cup of coffee. Oh, my goodness. Just go home, Ricky. You just lost $15 on this crap hole. Which you may or may not be taking home a disease with yourself when you leave. This guy needs to be shut down. This is nasty. And he's like, all right, I'm done. Oh, but this last part, you can tell him that we've had some good times together and I really loved him a lot. Hence, love. And Kate kind of goes over to Ricky and puts a hand on his shoulder like, Rick, why don't you call your father and tell him that yourself? And Ricky's all like, well, I have nothing to say to the man. I love how Kate says that she's going to miss him and that she hopes if she ever has a son one day that he'll be as nice as... I'm thinking... You do realize you and Edward are dating, right? And if you were to have a kid, it would most likely... So that would be Ricky's half-sibling. I love how she caresses his face and says that I've treasured the time that I've had you in my life. This is because she looked at him like a son. If I ever have a son, I want him to be just like you. Well, Ricky will be your stepson um, towards the end of the season, so that's something to look forward to. And she hugs Ricky, and that's when that dang creepy weirdo guy from next door is like, I'm like, get out of here, you weird man. Was he listening on the other side of the door? He's like, oh, that was beautiful. Go away. I will call the cops. 
So, Ricky's about ready to confess, and Kate's like, yes, as she's kind of looking into his face, like, he's ready to, like, give up and go home. There's another knock on the door. Let's see who that is. It's clearly not the homeless guy. You know, Kate, maybe I shouldn't have... Yes? I wish that bum would leave me alone. Why do you want... Oh, his dad looks so sad. <laughs> you set me up, Kate. Kate, why didn't you tell him I was here? She didn't. Kate, why didn't you tell me he was here? <laughs> <laughs> because I promised Rick that I wouldn't. Then who told you? I did. I knew you didn't belong here. What gave me away? Well, you were wearing a clean shirt with a little animal on it. A <laughs> <laughs> little animal on it. <laughs> so? Little animal wasn't moving. <laughs> so I got your real name off the tag on your backpack. <laughs> Called the police. Thanks a lot. Hey, kid. I was only trying to help. I figured you ran away from home. Parents were worried. <laughs> might be a reward in it. No, oh, of course. Just <laughs> <laughs> give him the money, Edward. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, by the way, sir, if you're planning an important business meeting, please consider our Versailles room. Ew. Go away. Yeah, he doesn't even want to touch that ticket. The business Thanks. So Ricky opens the door, and you might really tell that guy, like, will you just leave me alone? Oh, it's dad. Okay. And, of course, Ricky's like, Kate, why did you tell him where I was? And she's like, I didn't tell him where you were. And Edward's like, yeah, Kate, why didn't you tell me where my son was? And Kate's like, well... I promised Ricky, and I never break a promise. No, the landlord, or whatever he's supposed to be, found Ricky's name on his tag, on his book bag, saw that Ricky was wearing a clean shirt with an animal on it. The animal wasn't moving. I, mean, I don't see an animal on his shirt, but whatever. It just looked like your basic solid burnt orange color. And uh, apparently the guy just thought, you know, well, he called the police and they called Edward. And the guy did it mainly because he wanted a reward. And he said, if you're having a business meeting, he also wants Edward to pay him, which Edward probably pays him like 20 bucks or whatever. He says, oh, if you're planning to have a business meeting, check out our Versailles room. And Edward's like got his fingers like he does not want to touch those business cards. Which is understandable. <laughs> He places it on the nightstand, like, I'm not touching this. Like, let's just get out of here, please. I don't want to be here and here any longer than I have to. Edward looks back at Kate and Ricky, like, and kind of, like, what, what is this? Who, who was that man? Why did I just give him, like, 40 bucks? Oh, man, is someone breaking into the limo or his car? Oh, my goodness. A guy is trying to steal his car. Well... If a cab driver don't even want to be in that neighborhood, your car is not safe. Luckily, the alarm scared him off. That's good. 
Oh, it's a hotel. Because Edward's like, how could you run away to a flea bag hotel? So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> right. Guy's trying to steal my car. Alarm scared him off. Oh, Rick, how could you run away to a <laughs> flea bag hotel like this? It's not that bad. Are you serious? I feel like I gotta wash my hands. Dad, don't touch the water. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, don't touch that. I can't move the shot. Couple of different guys. Gee, I heard there was a car stolen in America every minute, <laughs> but I had no idea it was the same car. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried sick. I tried to tell myself not to worry so much. Now I see this place. I realize I didn't worry enough. And you wanted me to trust you, huh? Why don't we go home, huh? It's almost midnight. Yeah, it's another thing. You violated your curfew again. No, I didn't. I checked in by 9 o'clock. Ask the manager. Now there's a reliable witness. Because Kate's like, it's almost midnight. Let's just go home and deal with this there. And Edward's like, oh, yeah, that's another thing. Rick, you broke your curfew again. And Ricky's like, no, I didn't. Check with the landlord or, or the hotel supervisor guy. I checked in at 9. And Edward's like, yeah, there's a real reliable source. And then you see the homeless guy on a payphone. He's like, Mom, don't hang up on me, please. Like, oh, let's just get out of here. So Ricky's upstairs pacing in his room. Of course, he's going to have to face the music with his dad again. Round three. Well, while Ricky's hanging up, hanging out in his room, he gets this, one of those photo, you know, huts or whatever you where you make funny faces. And then you get, a, like, a strip of pictures. And we get to see, like, each picture is one where he and Tawny are, like, having fun. And then there's one where at the very end you can hear the audience laugh because she's kissing him on the cheek. And Ricky puts his hand up um, Mo Hogany's back. And he's showing him the pictures of him and Tawny. Isn't she terrific? I'm really pining for her. Okay, that was frightening. <laughs> Did somebody just cough? Taylor way into the bedroom. <laughs> <Still ready? laughs> How the 
it's that guy. Who are all those guys? There's like ten guys. That's too many. Him too? Come on, Rick. You're going to that clam bake. No, he's not. I can't. I've been grounded. We're springing you. You're going over the wall. <laughs> no. I can't, Alfonso. If I got caught, I'd be in solitary confinement for 99 years. <laughs> that dummy is creepy. That, um, <laughs> Alfonso, of course, does a Derek Taylor by getting into Rick's room via the window. He brings Nate and... Randy, and then three other guys. One is like the Boy George lookalike. I'm like, who are these other dudes? And Alfonso, of course, does not respect authority because, like, come on, we're going to break you out so you can go to that clam bake. It's like, so is this that Saturday uh, that that's supposed to take place? Well, downstairs, Rick or um, Edward, Dexter, and Kate are all playing Trivial Pursuit. I'm going to play this clip as Kate asks Edward to name the members of the TV Nelson family. So this will be fun. Okay, Edward. The category is entertainment. Here's the question. Name the members of TV's Nelson family. <laughs> That's an easy one. Ozzy, Harriet, David, and... <laughs> Rick would never have disobeyed Ozzy and run away to a flea bag hotel. <laughs> no, the biggest problem they ever had was whether or not the malt shop was out of tutti fruity ice cream. <laughs> I just don't think I've been handling this right. I'm going to change that right now. I'm going to go up there, and we're going to have a talk. <coughs> what am I doing? I always chase after him. He wants to talk to me, he knows where I am. They're right. Look at me. Now I'm soaking. I'm bigger than that. Why is it all the way that has to make the first move? Because I'm the adult, that's why. Are you? You're acting very childish. No, he's really interesting to watch. Apparently, the Ozzy and Harriet show had a kid named Rick, and Edward brings up the fact that the Rick on that show never would have run away and went to a sleazy motel. And the worst problem they had was, like, the ice cream shop running out of one of their favorite flavors. So, Edward, like, I want to, like, talk to Rick and everything, but he keeps coming back to the table. Like, no, I should be the adult here. If he wants to talk to me, he can come. He knows where I'm at. Finally, he just goes up there. Like, and Kate is just like, it's kind of fun to watch him. Because he was, like, getting up, going over to the staircase, going back and sitting down, and then back and forth at least three times. Like, okay. I'm kind of wondering if this is the episode that I kind of remember a little bit from it being on a rerun on my, you know, at my grandma's house. So I think I remember, if I'm correct, he's going to go up there, hear the guys are talking about Tawny who wants Rick to be at the clam bake beach party. And overhearing the fact that he thinks that Rick's going to just disobey him and leave with the guys. Another thing for you to consider. <laughs> Tawny told us to tell you she'd be real disappointed if you can't be there to see her brand new bikini. Okay. I'd like to go, but... What are you worried about, the warden checking on you? <laughs> Those 
We're gonna take some pillows and junk, put them under the covers, make it look like you're sleeping. Cut the lights. Tony wants to see you. Can't miss this fun, Rick. Everybody's gonna be there, Rick. Yeah, I was right, because I almost got a mini flashback uh, in my brain about Edward going up to the door and hearing the guy's like, hey, Tawny's going to be there, and she'll be real disappointed if you don't show up. Oh, and she's also got a new bikini that she wants to show for you. And Randy's like, hey, we'll dim the, we'll turn the lights off, we'll put some pillows in your bed to make it look like you're sleeping. Your dad is never going to find out. So, of course, Edward's heard enough, and he comes back downstairs. That was fast. <laughs> I didn't go in. I overheard Rick talking with some of his friends. I must come in through the window. What are they doing there? Trying to talk Rick into going to the clam bake. Oh, no. Well, I hope you quashed their little conspiracy. <laughs> I was going to go in there, but I decided, no, I'm not going to keep making the same mistakes. So you're going to make different mistakes. <laughs> Follow him around the rest of his life, Dexter. Rick's a good kid. Why shouldn't I trust him to make good decisions? I know it's hard, but I think you're doing the right thing. Well, I vigorously disagree. Although I've only had Alfonso in my charge for just a few short weeks, I've already developed some exceptionally sound instincts about child rearing. For example, he asked me if he could go to that clam gathering. I refused, because he's got an important exam coming up. Right now, he's at the library studying with Nathan. No, he's not. Nope, he's there's right. No problems in the <laughs> stuffing's household. What's it, Dexter? <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, oh, I would. Mm. <laughs> you didn't see Rick with him, did you? Well, they all ran by so fast. Yeah. I love my son and I trust him. I'm sure Rick had the good sense not to go with him. Right. Yeah. So Edward comes downstairs and lets Dexter and Kate know that he overheard Rick's friends trying to get him to go to this clam bake thing. And he almost barged in there, but he's like, I can't keep, like, watching Rick like a hawk all the time. I gotta let him, you know, I gotta learn to trust that he'll make the right decision. Of course, Dexter mentions, like, that Alfonso wanted to go to this clam bake, too. And he put his foot down, even though he's only had uh, Alfonso in his life for a couple weeks. And he's like, oh, Dexter is working on a paper at the library. And of course, you see all the kids run past those French doors. And Edward's like, oh, isn't that Alfonso with those other guys? And he, he's also like, Kate, did you see Rick with the kids? And she's like, well, they ran by so fast I couldn't catch it. You know, I couldn't really see. Plus, it's dark out. So, Edward decides to head up there. I mean, yeah, he trusts his son, but he, he's like, yeah, I want to make sure that my kid's up there. As Dexter chases after Alfonso, which, kid, you've just been living with this guy. I know you're a teenager, but you've been living with your uncle for a couple weeks now. I would not be trying to uh, see what I can get away with. Otherwise, he could have found himself in a boarding school again. Like, where his mom was having him go. Like, a boys' school. <laughs> oh, the dummy's in the bed yeah. a bit. Yeah, it's not really right. 
it's not real. Then. <laughs> it was two years ago. Dad, I really don't want this stuff happening between us anymore. I'll tell you what. Why don't we make a pact, huh? Next time something like this happens, we'll work it out. Like men. Suggested, huh? You go to that clam bake tonight. I'll ground you sometime later next week. You mean it? Yeah. Great. Go ahead. All right. Wait, is he bluffing? Don't worry. I'll drop you a block from the beach. <laughs> it's clam bake. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Gnarly. <laughs> yeah, don't say that ever again. Aww. So, yeah, Edward goes into Rick's room, sees a blonde hair out of the top of the covers. Thanks for a second, it's Rick, and goes to turn around to head back out the door. But then he really looks. This tousled blonde hair. It's like, something's not right. As he pulls the covers back, it's the dummy. Of course, they only brought the thing into the episode, so that way they could use it for this specific scene. And Edward's like, dang it, he, he ran out. He, he disobeyed me again. No, Ricky comes out of the bathroom putting, pulling on his pajama top and buttoning it up. Well, actually, no, it's not buttoned up. 
Is it buttoned up? I think they're starting to, now that Ricky is getting a little older and he's starting to, you know, develop as far as get his, his, uh, pectorals and his ab, baby abs, of course, they're probably going to play on that a little more because they want that sex appeal for the teenage girls. Like, let's give them something to ogle, right? Let's get them to buy those teen magazines with the Ricky Schroeder pinups. So Ricky says, look, the guys came through the window. They wanted me to go to the clam bake, but I told them I was grounded. And Edward's like, Edward admits that he had come up to, he was going to barge in. He was very tempted but he decided to not embarrass Ricky. And he, he heard, he says, I heard those boys trying to get you to go with them to the clam bake. And Ricky even said he was tempted to disobey his father and go. And they kind of sit down and they're talking about the changes. You know, Ricky is getting older. And he is going to be tempted by things. And that they just need to take it, you know, situation by situation. And they'll decide the best way to handle it. Yes, I'm sure he's still going to have a curfew installed. And Edward even says, you know, how about we go with what Kate suggested? You go to this clam bake, and I will just, like, tack on a couple extra days then to your grounding and something like that. So they compromise. And at first I'm like, is he bluffing? <laughs> is he bluffing about that? And then he's like, oh, psych, no, no, you're not going, no. But... And Ricky immediately starts, like, unbuttoning his, like, getting ready to go. So, I mean, it's it's nice, but he did cave. But, you know, they talked about it. And I like how Edward says, you are getting older. And it was so much easier when you were a little kid. Which And Ricky's like, yeah, those were innocent days. I'm like, it was two years ago. Relax. And Edward says, you know, when you were a little kid and I told you something to do, you to do something, you would go and do it. You wouldn't disobey me. You wouldn't ask me why. You wouldn't say, I don't want to do that. You would just do it. Well, the thing is, because Ricky, had just, when he had started living with Edward, of course, he doesn't want to disobey his dad. He doesn't want his dad to, like, say, I want you to go live with your mother again. He doesn't want to disappoint him. So he's going to... Do whatever his dad asks him to. You know, he wants to get on his date. He wants his dad to love him. He wants him, you know, so, yeah. And they shake hands, and it's just sweet. Have fun with that. So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of fun. Or kind of Ricky's testing the waters of what he can and can't get away with. He's going out on dates. He's being tempted to break curfew and break rules that Edward sets for him. I know not this season, but probably either late in season four or five, when Ricky's got his license, there's going to be, a, I think it's a drunk driving episode or where Ricky does drink alcohol. He gets drunk because there's an episode. He's in the hospital. He's got his head bandaged up, his arms in a sling. Yeah. All right. So next week's episode is season three, episode six, entitled I Won't Dance. Oh, I was just telling Jeremy this episode just sounds stupid. <laughs> Rick fixes his grandfather up with his teacher. Oh, really? Why? I don't care. Some of these episodes are just kind of, I don't know. I, and going on into season four and five, it's like some of these are going to get really stupid. I'm going to be flat out honest with you, but I'm still covering them, so... 
All right. If I had to give this a rating for the toy train rate or the train rating, I'm going to give it. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. I've been giving most of them three out of fives. Um, I I really 14 year old me really liked. Um, Ricky Stratton coming out in uh, no no shirt on. That 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 was nice. <laughs> The the whole thing with the rundown motel it was gross but it was it was comical and what was the other one? oh um I think Ricky dancing with that girl and then Edward coming in was like like oh boy but really um that whole blowout between Edward and and Rick in the house when he's like you don't care about me and you don't trust me and you don't respect me and stuff. And just Edward just like, hey, no, that is not your, it's just both of those, they brought that. And you know, as Ricky gets older and faces more and more temptations and, you know, growing up and everything, they're going to butt heads. They are going to butt heads. That's just, you know, parenting an adolescent, right? I mean, I was there, I was that adolescent. My dad and I would come to blows on a lot of things. Same thing with my older sister and my dad. All the time. You know, teenagers think that they're grown up. And they want to be treated like a grown up. And they don't feel that they need to have responsibility. And they feel they can do whatever they feel like. Without disregard for, with just no disregard for anyone else. So, yeah. Silver Spoonful. Look, just accept the punishment and move forward. You don't gotta go to a sleazy motel and claim that you you're grown up and you're being treated like a child and everything. Don't go the Ricky route. Also, if you're a real friend, Alfonso, don't encourage your friend to sneak out of the house when he's grounded. Cause you weren't supposed to go to the clam bake either, guy. And odds are you're gonna be grounded too. So. Alright, so that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And like I said, I'll be back next week with I Won't Dance. And then we're going to jump over episodes 7 and 8 that are Village of the Darned, parts 1 and 2, because that's a Thanksgiving episode. If you know the podcast I do, I do not cover holiday episodes until the holiday, the month of that holiday. That's just how I roll. It makes it more special that way because you're in the mood, you're in the feel for that holiday. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're going to do. Have a great, great, it's Sunday. Have a great week. Let's hope for some better weather because we have not been having, I mean, I know it's, it won't be summer until Friday, but even still, it's like, come on, where's my summer weather? Where's my comfy weather? I want that weather. Bye-bye, everybody. Together, we're gonna-